Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com mother. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity enjoying the new year in Mile High, Denver. Oh, um, speaking of Mile High, pot is legal here now, Sarah. You know that? Oh, please. You think I don't read the New York Times or listen to NPR? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that Mile High, Mile High, that's apropos of nothing yes. other than, you know, if you need a little MJ, this is the state to come to. <laughs> right. Although you have to um, consume it there in someone's living room. So so I guess if they want to be a, a marijuana tourist, they should just, you know, like, I don't know, send you a message and then come smoke it in your living room. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm open for a lot of mother rudder things, but I don't know if I need to be the mother rudder MJ house, you know? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, well, well, changing tactics. I have to say that I, um, the role of Dimity was played by Sarah Bowen Shea over the Christmas holidays, Dimity. And do you want to know why? Right. The- well, yes. Well, of course I want to know why. Well, that- I have to go to bed at eight o'clock. <laughs> I did, I did not. I did. I did not do an Iron Man. I, you know, I don't know. I didn't suddenly become six four. No, I took a colossal spill while running, and oh shoot, yes. Ouch. Um. So I was in Mexico. I was in Cabo San Lucas with my family. The pretty much the same place we were last year. And last year, um, I did not run at all. And this year, I hit the treadmill three times, and then. On Christmas Day, I ran outside because I actually really love running on holidays here in the States because there's less car traffic. And so I thought, oh, maybe the same rule will apply in Mexico. And also we'd gone on a whale watching exhibit or um, tour. And so I'd been we'd been downtown and I was like, wow, there's a whole lot of runners here. And they I don't know, they just seem like they're having a good time. So I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can run through downtown. So had a really nice five-mile run, really um, a lovely time. I um, sent you a, a picture via Instagram, I think. And so then on um, two days later, I'm like, okay, it's our last day in Cabo. I'm going to do the same five-mile run. It's going to be awesome. So I set out, and I'm running, and I take a wrong turn, and I'm debating what to do. Like, do I go back? Do I hook up? And I'm thinking too much about whether I should turn around or not and not thinking about lifting my feet as I go over the speed bump and wipe out oh my gosh on a paved road but there was quite a bit of sand and dirt and oh my goodness it just hurts yeah so a um guy was driving by in a pickup truck and he stopped and he um i think he's the only person in cabo who doesn't speak any english and so i just kept saying you know you know trying to say in spanish no i'm okay and thank you and i did ask him if he had any water because i just looked at my hands and my knees and i just thought oh my gosh i gotta get this dirt out of these you know abrasions and oh my goodness! So then I limped off a little bit and found a um, gentleman who was watering some landscaping and used um, his hose, wipe stuff off. And then, but still, I was like, I want to get in my five miles. We had this, you know, really long, <laughs> really really long trip back to to Portland. You know, I knew we had like a four hour layover in San Francisco airport and everything. I thought I got to get in my five miles. 
And surprisingly, my knees didn't hurt all that badly, even though, my gosh, my right knee, honestly, within 30 seconds, it looked like I had like a muffin underneath my, where the cut was. I mean, it just swelled up immediately. A muffin. Wow. That's an interesting description. (laughs) Yes. And um, so then, and I took a photo because I'm like, oh, we'll need this for the blog. And (laughs) I don't think we want to share pictures of that. That's too, that's TMI in like a gross way. And so then, so I was, so, you know, the run took me through downtown and I thought, okay, the first person who works in a restaurant or bar who kind of acknowledges my presence as I'm running by, I'm going to ask them for some ice. So Hector at a, um, he's wearing a name tag. Um, he said, hola to me. And I just was like, please, can I have some ice? And I pointed at my knee and he got me a bag of ice. And then I was just kind of so overwhelmed by the whole, you know, falling and the pain and everything and his kindness. And I just started to cry and I'm just sitting there, you know, on this sidewalk in in Cabo with ice on my knee. And then finally I'm like, okay, this is, this is going to take some time to get cleaned up. I better head back. So I ended up doing three miles instead of five. And I was like, okay. And then, so as I'm crying, I'm like, okay, why am I upset? Does it hurt? You know, is my pride damaged? You know, am I, and <laughs> okay, can I just interrupt you? This is such a Sarah thing. Okay, <laughs> Sarah. First of all, like, okay, I just totally wiped out. I'm in a foreign country, but I've got to get in five miles. <laughs> and then, is my pride damaged? <laughs> like, no, no. Like, I, I don't know. It's no, because well, because so it didn't. I would never ask myself. It didn't. My well, it's because it didn't. It didn't hurt all that much, and I, that made me realize. I can't remember the last time I. I cried because something hurt a lot, like uh-huh. physical pain. And sure. so and I so I was able to sit back and think, my my hands and knee don't really knees don't really hurt. Um and so um it's well, I, cathartic, I think the whole situation was probably scary and and it probably did hurt and just Yeah, and I was just I, I just kept thinking I'm just really bummed it happened. But then um well two things. One my first thought actually was like Oh, and it was nice tan skin that just got ripped off of my knees. (laughs) So then, um, so I got back to the hotel and um, Jack and the kids were eating breakfast. And so I kind of was like, I don't know, waiting down by the pool for them. And it was obvious that something had happened to me after the, some gentleman who worked at the hotel cleaned me up a little bit. And um, it's very funny. I, I said, is it okay if I play music? And so I had my iPhone. So I turned on Spotify and one of the songs that came on was American girl. And he goes, Oh, he goes, Oh, ha ha American girl. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, so I'm laying there by the pool and as I, um, I stood up and started walking away and, um, an American couple said, um, said, do you, what happened to you? Are you okay? And I said, oh, yeah. I said, I tripped while I was running. I was like, can't believe it. It's the last day of our vacation. And she looked at me and she goes, at least it didn't happen on your first day. I was like, that is just brilliant perspective. Like, that's just been my my thinking the whole time. Like, thank goodness I didn't get these gnarly, gnarly cuts on my hands and knees on the first day. So yes. at least then I was able to come home and, you know, have some, have, you know, Band-Aids at my disposal and triple antibiotic ointment. And, and um, yeah, so my, my hand is, uh, particularly my right palm is pretty, pretty thrashed pretty badly. So. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst. I, I think you emailed me about that. You don't realize how much you used your hand until Ugh. it's hurt. And then you, you know, you grab the steering wheel, you type, you oh, yeah. pick up cups, you cook, mm-hmm. you know, it's just 
every time you and it's this little yowza every time it's touched right oh yeah oh yeah and then it's you know oh okay well here we got a whole bunch of new t-shirts for the site and here's these huge boxes that i now have to carry into the house and my hands are basically useless so um i definitely worked it on the way back you know when we had these four pieces of luggage to pull i'm like i can't pull them my hands (laughs) (laughs) john get on all three of them yes yes. take the other one (laughs) right right so um so i guess i sort of felt a little bit like a survivor dimity good segue good segue yeah so tell me how excited you are for the show before uh, before i introduce it i am just delighted delighted i actually had little butterflies in my stomach before all this and i was i was like am i cold or am i nervous am i cold or am i nervous and i think it's a little <laughs> or is my pride wounded right it's always always debating it's always taking the temperature seeing what's causing the re- physical reaction <laughs> to my body um so no we have the survivor blood versus water runner-up on the show today we have monica culpepper who uh, through the uh, wonders of twitter i was able to connect with her and discover that sure enough just as i thought that she is a mother runner. And you know how I knew that, Dimity? It's because on the reunion show, she said that one of the reasons that she wanted to show, be strong and, you know, do well in challenges and have mental toughness was because she wanted to show her kids there was more than one badass in her house. So I said, Uh I said, oh yeah, that Monica, she's a badass mother runner. But before we bring on Monica, we're going to take a little break, but we'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. One audiobook I cannot recommend highly enough is The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt. I just finished that, and it is stupendous. It is the most exquisitely written crafted novel I have read in ages. I really can't remember the last time I read a book that I loved so much. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash mother. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash mother. Now back to our show. We are thrilled to have you on the show today, Monica. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you guys. I'm so excited to finally get to talk to Sarah and Dimity. And uh, I'm loving my shirt. I'm loving my book. And uh, I'm just really enjoying that I'm talking to two famous authors. I love it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Famous is a relative term. We we weren't just in everyone's living room for countless months as you were. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and I don't know if some parts of that that I wanted in people's living rooms or not, but (laughs) that survivor, that's the way they edit, and sometimes you just got to roll with it. Exactly, and you rolled with it very well. So so remind, remind folks, you and your husband, Brad, have three children, that's right? Yes, we've got three children. I have a sophomore in high school who's 16, an eighth grader, um, and that's a son, and then an eighth grade son that's 14, and then I have a 12-year-old daughter that's in sixth grade. Um, so we've got three kids and been married 21 years. Nice, nice. And so so, so um, when you were kicking butt in those challenges on Survivor, we just knew that you were a mother runner. And um, so how long have you been a runner and um, a kickboxer doing kickboxing? 
Oh, my gosh. Running is something that I probably started doing when I was about 15 years. I mean, obviously, you all do it in sports. And I grew up playing softball, and I ran track, that kind of thing, in high oh. school. Um, but I picked it up, you know, as, as a hobby and, you know, a stress relief. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably, I'd say 16, I would do it beyond practice and just sort of for fun or for leisure or for just some, that time away to just decompress. And then after... You know, I ran all the way through all three pregnancies, and I would put the big belt on and still run with that oh, nice. because it's just something about that peaceful time with the music in your ear that you're alone, and you're just kind of pushing yourself, and um, I, I've done it forever. And then kickboxing is one of those things that I picked up after my third kid, and I thought, you know what? Your body kind of plateaus. It kind of gets used to what you're doing, and I wanted to try something different, and I felt like every time you lift your leg above your waist, you're engaging your whole core muscles, and so I've probably been doing that for about uh, 10 years, and I run three days a week and do the kickboxing two days a week, and I'm just like everybody else on the weekend. I'm chasing my kids around, and and I take the weekend off. Nice. Nice. Well, so you went into Survivor in pretty good shape, obviously, but you, you, this was your second appearance on Survivor, correct? Yes, it was my second one. The first time I played in Samoa, I played One World, which was two years, I guess, you know, they kind of, you have to figure in filming. So it was about a year and a half earlier. And uh, this time it was, they took us in May and we came back at the beginning of July mm-hmm. and we're finished filming. And then it kind of takes them that long to edit it and get the, get the show on the air in September. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So you knew kind of having your survivor vet, so you knew what kind of hardships and challenges await, awaited you for round two. Did you change? Like, did you, did you physically prepare any differently or did you just keep running and kickboxing and being the baddest you know, mother runner that you are? Yeah. You know, mother runners are the best physically, you know, it's kind of your badge. It's what you do all the time. And no matter if you were going to play survivor or I guess if you're going to run a marathon, you might run a little bit further, um, you know, to get ready to train. So training wise, I didn't change anything strategy wise. I did for sure. Um, you know, the first time I was a little naive going into it. When you're a mother, you spend your whole life, um, making these good little creatures that you're going to launch off that you hope that will be contributors to society. And so you spend a lot of time on the golden rule and, 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 and just nice qualities to entrust in your children. And so the first time I played, I was a little naive, not realizing people will do anything for a million dollars. And I think that contributed to me being blindsided. Um, that the first time I played, I did not even make the jury. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I kind of took people's word for it. And I thought, gosh, these people really wouldn't do this kind of stuff or conduct themselves this way on national TV. Oh, yes, they will. So when I went <laughs> and played again, I got accused of perhaps maybe being a little bit paranoid. But how are you over paranoid on the game Survivor? I mean, it's a game of trust amongst liars. Mm-hmm. And so if I did dot every I and cross every T twice before tribal council, call me paranoid, call me whatever, but it was working. You know, I got to the final three and that's what you have to do. You got to be in it to win it. And so, um, that's where we are. Nice. Nice. So, um, talk to us about the, your mindset for the physical challenges. Cause you won how many of those in a row? I'm, I lost count. Mm. 
I won three in a row, and that was the most of anybody on the season. Actually, yeah. the record for women, I'm one short of. The record <sighs> for the history of the 27 seasons of the game is four. Oh. Um, Mindset-wise, I went in. The food challenge is the one that's just remarkable because no woman has ever won that. And, you know, you start off round one with 40 um, mealworms in a cup, and, you know, you down those. And I kind of looked around and thought, I need to win this no matter what. This mm. is probably what impress my husband and my kids the most. <laughs> when you have children that father played professional football for nine years, who's an All-American, who was the most decorated college athlete to, to graduate from college, won the Campbell Award, which is the Outstanding Leadership. He's also a lawyer. He went to law school every offseason. Mm-hmm. And, yes, we're a team, and we've done that together. It's hard to impress your children. And so I thought of all the challenges, this is the one I got to win because the kids <laughs> will never believe that I ate 40 mealworms that I ate, six and 12 ounces of pig intestine, and every time you chewed, feces came out of your mouth, and I just kept gagging and gagging and gagging. (laughs) But every time I would gag, I would swallow more because your body has to suck air in, and that was my strategy on that. Nice, nice. When I finished that round first, I thought, I got a shot at this. Uh-huh. So then round three was cow eyeballs, and uh-huh. they gave us two cow eyeballs to eat, and it was down to two men and myself, and I finished that round first, and it was unbelievable. I mean, when you bit into it, it was this viscous explosion oh. in your mouth, and you could oh, not spit it out or you were out. <laughs> and then chewing an eyeball is like chewing tire rubber. And so you're trying to get this out. And you don't have a drink either. And mind you, there's, you know, all you have on the island anyway is coconut water and burned water that you boil. Yeah, you needed a martini so right that about that round. or something. Yeah. yeah, I won that round. And then my mindset was, okay, I've done all this. You have to win this lady, no matter what. And the next thing they brought out were the grub worms. And they're about the size of a thumb and a half, and they're about that thick. <laughs> oh, and my so my God. strategy on that was my, my cohort next to me, Jervis, he put them in his mouth and chewed them and swallowed them. I hit him with the plate, killed them, then put them in my oh, mouth, brilliant. chewed them, and swallowed them and won that one. I'm so not sure they showed you killing it with the plate. That's very clever. I, I, you know, I yeah, don't, they I, did not show that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, clever woman. Nice. Yeah, and then the other two challenges, I mean, those were just kind of getting into that deep, dark space and saying, I will not be beaten. And you both are mothers, and it's a space that you don't know you have until you've delivered children. And I went in those challenges thinking, there's not a chance in hell these guys are going to beat me. I know they're bigger than me, but I've given birth. And so I would just sort of close my eyes and get to that zone that we all have Mm -hmm. that's Chaos can be going on around you, but you're going to prevail, and uh, and it worked. And you and you totally exuded that. I mean, that was the ch- the challenge that I remembered the most vividly. You holding on to that rope, leaning back for so long, and just this is you were in such a state of zen that it just came jumped through the TV screen, and you just you well, could see it. For saying that, you know, you could see it in your face, you could see it in your body. And I mean, yeah, sure, you're lighter than some of those people who are on the show, but it just you just were uh, just that confidence and that serenity just came through. It was, it was a sight to well, see. Well, thank you. And it was funny before we went into that challenge, you know, I had been in an, ally- an alliance with Tyson and he said, you know, I'm going into this with one arm. And he said, to right. prove your loyalty to me mm. and to Jervis in their, in this alliance, 
Mm-hmm. If it gets down to the two of us, you drop off because I need immunity. Mm-hmm. So he yelled over to me. It got to us. And he's like, Monica. And I looked at him and I said, yeah. He said, I'm falling off. I said, I'm not. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to be manipulated now. They left all that on the ground and they didn't show any of it. But I thought, you know what? I could hang on here for another 27 minutes. At that point, we hung on for about 27 minutes. Yeah. Oh, you and you looked like you could have. You looked like you were, you know, there for the duration. I mean, it was it was awesome. It was kind of fun. And after it was over, I thought, I'm not even going to fall in the water. I'm just going to pull myself back up. And I looked over at Jeff, and Jeff mouthed to me. He said, Brad is going to be so proud. And I said, I hope so. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. That's awesome. When they gave me the hamburgers, the hot dogs, the French fries, and the Cokes. And that's just to show a little bit of some of these people just really don't understand. They kept saying, we don't know you. And Mm -hmm. it's like... Yes, you do. You all know me. You just don't know someone like me. And mm. that's what a mother runner, what we all are. It's like, mm-hmm. it's really not about us anymore. Our station in life is a little different than other people. We're really about our kids mm-hmm. and our husbands and, and, and their future and not so much selfishly ours. And so I felt like eating the food was so greedy to have one or two people eat mm-hmm. all that when eight people are starving so it was more out of goodness to just say, I tell you what, you guys eat. And then, you know, I went and sat by myself and watched them eat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get accused of, you're just trying to strategize. And it's no, like, well, it, really, I wasn't. It was, so obviously you know? a mo- it was so obviously a mother move to do that. Wait, did you eat anything, mm-hmm. though, Monica? No, she I didn't. didn't see it. No, they won't let you have a thing. Yeah, so, 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 so Dimity, so she could she, all eat it. Yeah, she could have either, her prize, She it was a. Um, you know, that she got something for it. I'm spacing on what's the difference between immunity challenge. You know? Right, yeah. It was basically, to me, having the necklace on and being there another three days and not being voted off meant more to me than the food. Yeah, so and and, so, and so she gave the food to, said, no, 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 hey, Jeff, can I let them have it? But that wasn't even an option, and Monica just offered it forward as, um, I'd prefer that they get to eat, and I'll just sit over here. So it was a very selfless, motherly thing to do. I want to add a PS because what you said, you know, you take care of your kids and your husband, but you also take care of yourself. And when you do that, you know that you have the confidence to give back to everybody. I mean, because mother runners, we're not martyrs by any, by any stretch, but we're more like, dude, I'm okay. You know, let me get my miles in, let me get my sweat on, my confidence up, and then I'll be okay. And I got everyone else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And, and definitely, I mean, my husband laughed and he said, that was nice of you, but I've been married to you 21 years. You were probably thinking, you know what? You guys eat and I'll beat you again at the next challenge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's the fiber that the mother runners have. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Wait, go back to food for one second, then we'll move forward. But after eating like the, the eyeballs and the intestines and all that, did what, what did it feel like? I mean, were you sick to your stomach like hours later? No, and they immediately give you these throw-up bags just in case you are, but you are so starving. I mean, you know, on my husband's tribe, he spearfishes, I mean, he spearfished 42 fish for those people, and they were all eating and having a grand time. On the returner side, on my tribe, you know, Brad and I were separate, so, oh, I would have loved to be on his tribe because I knew they were eating. On our tribe, everybody was so playing survivor and strategizing so much. A, no one could spearfish, and B, <laughs> they didn't even want to leave to go do it oh my because goodness. you'd be voted out. Oh, my gosh. And so, it, <laughs> you know, it, it was, you were paralyzed. So, um 
you know, we weren't having fish. All, the only thing that we had out there to eat were coconuts. And then, you know, there were a couple of the guys that were just guzzling them nonstop so much mm-hmm. that the last six days, literally, all we had was water. So there were unripe bananas, and, you know, they're just green. And now it's very chalky. Um, you know, you, you can barely get them down. So what mm. we found that was the best thing to do was stick them on the spear that you were supposed to be spear fishing with and roast them over the fire. And they kind of got like a brown, uh, almost like kind of crusty thing. And I would soak them in salt water. So they were like kind of like a salty, oh I don't know what. But, but banana flambe a la Monica. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we had unripe plantain or, or, or unripe um, papayas. Oh, so oh. we would eat those as well. Oh. Um, but that was it. But no, I didn't get sick. And, and you know, I, I th- uh, most people did. Most people threw up. But again, that's that mind over matter. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I'm not going to throw up. I'm not going to win this challenge and then throw up. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm holding it in. Right, right. That's, that's, that's quality protein, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. So, okay, so this kind of leads us into then the um, – the, another mother runner community loves nothing better than TMI. So we have some some too much information survivor questions that we've always wondered. And right. You, and you had told me on um, Twitter, you know, that um, no, you know there were no topics that we couldn't discuss. So so here goes. So I'll, we'll we'll kind of ease into it. But but one, I, you know what? I'm not going to ease into it because you bring up one thing. And when I always wonder, my husband, I always wonder that when people win the food. Um, you know, that they get to go off and have a picnic or they get to have a barbecue and they're eating, you know, the, the Sprite and the all the meat products and the baked goods. I'm sorry, but doesn't that like totally wreck, wreak havoc with your intestines then? Like, aren't people... Oh, they have massive explosive diarrhea. Right. Now, I never had that chance because I, ne- I gave the food away every time and I didn't have any. Yeah. So um, for me, I didn't have that happen, but yes, the, the number one thing is, first off, when you get out there within the first three days, do you remember when you change diapers and it comes out like explosive yellow poop? <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. when you're nursing them or whatever, and that's all that comes out because their bodies are working so hard, they, they ingest everything. Uh-huh. That's exactly what happens out there. When you have to go to the bathroom, you have to run. And it's definitely, I mean, my husband's an Eagle Scout, and he's taught me everything I know. He's like, you can go in the woods. That your wife and would leave. Now you're going to eat with those same hands. There's no hand sanitizer, anything. <laughs> Go in the water. That's the cleanest thing you can do. You can wipe with sand, that kind of stuff. So it comes out like baby poop the whole time. It's yellow and it's an explosion. So if you eat all that food, it is even worse. And so you'll see the, the code word on Survivor is I'm going to Coconut Grove. And there are a couple of times that you're doing interviews and I would have to say, I'm sorry, and run to the beach as fast as I could and, uh, you know, go to the bathroom. So you try to do that all day because you definitely don't want to do it at night because taking off your clothes in the middle of the night when you're freezing and getting that because you can't get your clothes wet. That's all you have. Oh my gosh! So, um, I so, know, I so, know. So, so that's then, a little bit of the story of bathroom. Oh my gosh! Well, because I have to say, because one of our questions was that I thought for sure there'd have to be latrines because I can't believe that like the government of the Philippines says yes, sure, bring all these people onto our islands and then just let them defecate anywhere they want. Like, isn't there? Like... Well, I have a hunch that CBS or SDG actually it probably does it. It's called Survivor Entertainment Group, and mm-hmm. that's what Mark Burnett found. Sure. What I understand is they sort of go in and they rent these islands. 
mm-hmm. for months at a time. They mm-hmm. filmed back-to-back seasons. Mm-hmm. So when we left in May, we were done just before 4th of July. Then they took a two-week break, and they came right back, and they filmed the season that's about to start mm-hmm. back-to-back. And that way, all of the the goods and the shipping stuff, I mean, it's a $25 oh, yeah. million dollar production. Right. They only mobilize once a year. And now where they store those things, it's maybe back in L.A., mm-hmm. and they're getting ready to, you know, they'll film 29 and 30, which they just got approved for, um, and they'll they'll go to the same sort of remote island somewhere, and they'll mm-hmm. film two more seasons back-to-back. And I think wow. that cuts cost to them. But I think when they rent those islands, they must have some sort of cleanup after we leave. But I will be honest about this. In the beginning, you have a little energy. Now, we're moms, and, you know, you're, you're not going to cross that line. But some of the younger people, I mean, they're lazy. They have no energy. And they just will turn over, go to the bathroom outside, just you know, shelter right there, and lay oh. down. And you're thinking, oh, my God. And the camera people are like, you guys got to dig a hole or designate an area. We're walking in this. I mean, it's unbelievable what's happening out there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It sounds like they need, a, they need a hazmat team to come in afterwards or something to clean up. You would think. Or a high tide for sure. I don't know. Well, I guess they got that. They had the, the typhoon that came. That's just yeah. a tragedy. It's funny you ask a TMI question. The first thing my 16-year-old son asked me when I played the first time is mom. What happens when you have your period out there? Oh, my God. And I was like, that's a good question. So they do have a medical box Mm -hmm. for you that does have tampons in it, and they will give you those when you're having your period. And, again, it's just like college. Remember when you would live with your roommates and everybody would kind of have their period all at the same time? Yes. They end up having it, like, every four days because somebody else (laughs) is their hut. It's there. It's unbelievable. You're like, oh, my God, can I possibly get through this? So there is a a sanitary place that you put them in that. The only thing in that medical kit is is some tampons for the women, and they do have this um, mixture of bug repellent and SPF mm-hmm. suntan lotion that you put on. And so you really do kind of put it on in the morning, you put it on in the afternoon, and you put it on in the evening, and that's it. That's I, all they give you. Monica, I love you because you're answering all the questions without even asking because definitely had the question of what happens when you have your period – do you provide sunscreen? So then, but in the medical kit, there's not a condom for, there's not condoms for the singles who might be hooking up out there? No, there isn't. Mm. But you know what? They give us a pregnancy test literally 30 minutes before we go out that there. That is, my writing partner knew that. She was like, I bet they give them a pregnancy test right before they leave. Oh my gosh, I can't. Well, remember. the medical part of what you do months before you leave is unbelievable. I mean, they overnight... In, on dry ice, I mean, Japanese encephalitis shot, hepatitis A, hepatitis C, typhoid. Mm-hmm. I must have had six or seven different immunizations, and they send these all from a doctor in L.A. Now, you have a lot when you're at, in L.A. interviewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you land in the Philippines, they see if you're pregnant. But literally 30 minutes before the game starts, they do have all the women go to the bathroom one more time oh in a gosh. cup just to make sure no one's pregnant. Oh but you gosh. know what? I do not see any condoms out there. And, you know, I don't know that people had sex on our show, mm-hmm. but they might have had some heavy petting, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm alone on the beach again. I'm a mom. I was going to say, <laughs> spoken like the mother of, of teenagers to use the term heavy petting. Heavy petting, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you guys have, what, one outfit, right? You have, I mean, I'm always yes. wondering how they always, so... 
you know, the, the girls look kind of cute in the little bikini bottoms and the little buff, you know, little um, bandeau things. I mean, how do you keep your clothes clean? I mean, how do you keep your clothes clean and how do you end up not smelling disgusting or do you smell okay. disgusting? You do feel disgusting and smell disgusting. Okay. <laughs> One more thing that's in the medical kit and, and you will be glad to know this. They do give you a vitamin every day. Oh, so oh I think good. that's nice. Mm-hmm. I think that's that nice. is nice. So you don't, so you don't get little, scurvy it or something. Like a Geritol. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like a Geritol. And why I know what Geritol tastes like at 43, I don't know. I, know, I was, I was going to ask, but, like I, but I said not to go there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, wardrobe. Okay. Obviously, you guys know I did not pick a skin tight, uh, gold lame, long sleeve top to play Survivor in. I oh, mean, yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> Especially my second time. So there is such a thing called Survivor Wardrobe. And they do, um, when you get chosen to play, they start saying, okay, we think that your dark hair is going to look good in golds and browns and this and that. So you send, and you do not know, they give you this huge list of things to send. And it takes two huge shipping boxes, and it costs them probably $500 because they give you a FedEx number, and you send all this wardrobe to them. And it has jeans it has you know skirts and dresses and all this kind of stuff you learn that the first time you play mm-hmm. don't fall for it like don't send them a dress don't send them <laughs> high heels don't send them say oh i know you're a banker she send it something you might wear to work oh that you would gosh. wear if you're on the jury so you get pricked and bamboozled into sending those things and then that's what you get dropped off in oh that's so times two I knew I'm only sending them jeans. I'm only sending them jeans. I'm only sending them running shoes as if that's all I wear. <laughs> and so needless to say, when I showed up, they had my jeans, they had my vest, they, you know, the, the golf caps Brad and I wore were my kids' high school, oh. um, plant high school. They had some NFL hats for us. And Brad was like, you know, that was a great part of our life. But right now we're so much about our kids oh, that we cute. wear the high school hat. So that's the P for Plant High School, which is a big 8A high school where, you know, 4,000 kids go here in Tampa. Uh But um, so when I showed up and they gave me that LeMay shirt, I was like, well, the only plus is it's it's flammable. (laughs) I just cut parts of it off and throw it in the fire and get it going. So that was good. It's um, flammable. That is hilarious. I know. It's only on Survivor. So anyway, um, okay, the clothes. All right, so. You have this outfit. That's all you have. They give you underwear, bra. They have a bathing suit for you that they give you like oh. day five in. I, ha- you know, then you had jeans. I had a shirt and a vest and a hat. Did you get to tr- pick the swimsuit, or they picked it for you? Okay, you have to send the options that they have, and mm. here's the trick: you don't know what you're going to end up in mm. because after you land in LA, mm-hmm. they send that box back to your family at home with everything they didn't pick. So you don't know what you're going to get. So just before the show starts, they call you in this room and they say, okay, put this outfit on and we're going to start right now. So you put it on and you're like, okay, wow, this is what I'm going to get. Laundry. All right. I would go out every day in the salt water and you just kind of clean your stuff, rub it in the sand or whatever. And then you've got jeans and think about it. There's no dryers and it's so difficult to get them dry, but you've got to do your laundry first thing when the sun comes up because it is stinking. You're sleeping in it. You know, you're doing challenges in it. You're catching chickens, plucking chickens. There's blood on it. I mean, it's just a mess. And so, um, you do laundry, but then I would stuff big palm fronds down in the jeans and lean them up against a tree. So they kind of look like they were stuffed like a, 
scarecrow. A scarecrow, but right. But then they'd yeah. dry quicker. Yeah, they would dry quicker. So they, the, the camera guys would always laugh and be like, look at Monica's laundry, because I would <laughs> stuff it in everything, and then it would really dry in a few hours. So I got nominated as laundry lady, really, for everybody's stuff. <laughs> nice. So anyway, and you are, I, I will tell you this, your nose gets acclimated to not smell people, mm-hmm. because the first couple days, Everyone smells atrocious, but then you kind of get over that. Mm-hmm. And again, my Eagle Scout husband was like, just get out in the water every single day, a couple times a day, scrub sand all over your body to kind of exfoliate. And they always laugh. And the two times I'm placed survivor, they're always like, you never smell when you come off. And then you just <laughs> smell like smoke from campfire, but you never smell. And I'm like, okay, well, that, that, that's good. Oh my because gosh. some people, it's unbelievable. Oh my gosh! Oh my. Well, then you got to fess up. Then who smelled the worst on the show this season? Mm, definitely Jervis. <laughs> he just he did. He wasn't a big shower guy, and I'd be like, Jervis, give me that shirt, you know. And I take his Philadelphia Eagles shirt, and I go wash it for him or whatever. Uh-huh. He didn't care. Uh-huh. He, he didn't care. Jervis and Katie were the most stinking for sure. And I would <laughs> tell Katie, I'm like, you're absolutely beautiful, but girl, you stink. Oh my gosh, I love it that a 20-something girl is one of the things. Now, wait, I do have one final question about um, apparel then. Um, so do you all get told ahead of time what the team colors are going to be? Because I, I find it far too coincidental that, oh, look, everybody on that team's wearing has like an orange bathing suit or an orange T-shirt. And on that other team, you know, they're all green or whatever the color is. Like, do they? Do, yes, they yeah. do say okay. send in these color schemes. Now, Todd Hanna tribe, mm-hmm. Brad's tribe, they, he was told send eggplants, send, um, you know, reds and and those browns, uh-huh. those types of colors. Uh-huh. And I was told in my box to send, um, you know, the, more the, the, the orange, you know, I guess they had the oranges, they mm-hmm. had the peaches, that mm-hmm. kind of color. Okay. Good. So you are sort of told a color scheme of what to shop for. Okay. Okay. Good. Cause I, de- I thought that was way too much of a coincidence. All right. Um, so now, so one final TMI question that, that I have at least is that, so all the male competitors end up with beards yet hardly any females end up with bushy armpits. What is up with that? Okay, did you see Laura Moret's armpits? Oh my gosh, I was about they to say, like it's so, bushy. that's hilarious, because I, every season I watch them, I was like, what is up? Do all those women get laser? And then I see Laura M, and she raises her arm on that. I think it was one of the final, you know, getting back yeah. into it challenges. I'm like, whoa, whoa, you, yes. <laughs> overgrowth alert. Well, the first time around, I thought, oh my gosh, I can't be Sasquatch out here. So <laughs> I did. I ran to some place in Tampa, and I got laser uh-huh. about a week before we left, because apparently they say, and I did my leg my armpits and my bikini area uh-huh. or whatever because I just got the thought of having all that hang out with these death ways to me. So they say that when you do it the first time, you kind of have that sloughing yeah. for about four weeks when you're only out there six. And so then it takes like another four weeks to get hair so it works. Uh-huh. And then when they said I was playing again, again, three days before we left, I went and did the whole thing again. So it didn't you know, I didn't do the series that, that I think people yeah. do, and they probably pay thousands of dollars to do it. I just know if you're going to play Survivor and any mother runners listening and they're going to play, <laughs> go 72 hours before you go to play the game and have them do your whole body. <laughs> oh my gosh, also, because I also used to think the same thing about eyebrows, and then, then we got a high-def TV, and I'm like, whoa, no, there are lots of stray eyebrow hairs. So suddenly I could see yeah, them Yeah, and then the mustaches, oh, you know. Nice. I can always remember that Kim kind of had that dark hair right there 
there. And I thought, oh, my, yeah, and that's another thing. Get, and I just told him on the laser, just kind of do, you know, do around my eyebrows a little bit. Or, you know, and the, the lady was really nice. She's been she's been to the rodeo twice with me. So she knew what to expect. Nice. Nice. Well, and the, this isn't a TMI question, but I'm just curious, like, how much sleep did you get there? Um, I mean, I'm typically on a, on a night, I mean, there was a lot. It always seems to me like everyone's just, like, lazing around, you know? I mean, in that. Not like, much sleep at all. Okay, hmm. here's the conundrum. Yeah. Okay. If you sleep in the shelter, Mm -hmm. there's males and females in the shelter. And again, this is TV. This is editing. This Mm -hmm. is, they want ratings. Mm -hmm. I think you could be lumped together and I just have been married too long to go there. (laughs) So some people sleep in the shelter and you're cold and you want to get warm and you might snuggle up next to somebody Mm -hmm. and then you might giggle and laugh with somebody and then it comes across is not okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, you're sleeping on bamboo when you do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. As you continue to lose more and more weight, you're so incredibly bony. You can't even get five minutes rest sleeping on rocks, you know, <laughs> boards. I mean, it's insane. I chose to sleep by myself down on the beach in the sand. It's softer. You can kind of, you know, make little holes for your hips. And literally, mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. I do have like permanent nerve damage in the back of one of my hips from just being 98 pounds and sleeping in enough, I mean, nothing. And it's permanently bruised in that area. It will not go away. So you get little portions of sleep here and there. I would say you probably get an hour and then you're kind of up and you're tossing and turning and then you get another hour and then it might start to sprinkle. So you (laughs) do get up and go in the shelter and you're kind of hunkered down and then it finally stops and then you go back down. But I'm not, I'm a selfless person and, you know, we won that challenge with the pillows and the blankets and all that. All I did when we finished a thing of rice, it was in a burlap sack. I just said, can I have this burlap sack? And I would at least lay down and lay that where my hair was so that you just didn't have dobs of sand in your hair all the time because you do not brush your teeth for 39 days. You do not wash your hair for 39 days. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. That is, that is truly selfless to say, Oh, I'll just take the burlap. That's okay. I know. I know. That's a little harder. Yeah, I got to say. Kids, I mean, you know, there's kids. I mean, there's girls in their 20s and they're crying and they're not used to anything like this. And I'm like, oh my God, this is all temporary. I'll get through this. And I kept laughing. He's like, I wish it would be just like hurricane weather because they'd all quit. And, you know, you can get in that zone and say, I'll be fine. So, uh, but, but that didn't happen. But you don't get much sleep. And then what ends up happening and, and happened in the Philippines, it was about 100 six degrees oh my so you're, you don't take in many calories and yeah. you're very lethargic uh-huh. um and you really can't be out in the sun i mean it was burning your skin and so you get up and you go to a challenge and you know it looks like you're just walking down the beach to go to a challenge but uh-huh. you're actually getting in a blacked out boat oh. and you are going you know an hour to a blacked out van oh. and then you are driving <laughs> to where they do the challenge or tribal council oh and gosh. um so when you get back, you have just a few hours to sort of cook something up, strategize who's going home, and it's just unbelievable how hot it is. I mean, my hat goes off to the camera guys and the guys holding the big boom microphone. Uh-huh. It, it's just unbelievable how hot it is. And then you have this fire going 24 hours a day. Yet it's 100 degrees because you've got to boil the water. Oh, my gosh. And if oh. you don't think about those things. When you see us drinking water, you don't realize that water is like 100 degrees because 
if you don't boil it and then you're so thirsty because it's so hot, you don't have time to let the water cool. I mean, there's no ice that you're putting it over. I mean, you're burning yourself. I, always get, making... so, I get so thirsty watching Survivor all the time. I'm always like. I know. I know. It is unbearably unbelievable how thirsty you are. And, and the hunger pains go away after about three days, but your brain just starts saying, I need a drink. I need a drink. I mean, you know, it's the rule of 30. You can go. The rule of threes, you go three minutes without oxygen, you can go three days without water and 30 days without food. So you're really kind of focused on water. Uh, oh, yeah, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. Okay, wait, one more behind-the-scenes question, then, and then I think uh, Sarah has our last question for you, Monica. But uh, how much wildlife do you see? They always have, you know, the snakes, like, slithering through when they're cutting between scenes and kind of scary animals. That That would freak me out. I mean, did you see much wildlife, or were they as scared of you as you were? Oh, though? yeah. There's so much wildlife, and they, they took this out. At one point, there was a snake coming down in the shelter to the girls, oh. and Brad saw it on his tribe, and he grabbed the back of the snake from the shelter and chunked it in the woods. But, yes, oh there's God. snakes, there's rats. The part that's hardest to get over is, you know, you don't brush your teeth, but you get bamboo slivers, and you kind of chew mm-hmm. on the end of it, and you rub your teeth every morning, kind of like, you know, just a toothbrush. Mm-hmm. But... um there are bugs when you wake up in the morning that are kind of like on the sides of your lips. And oh. I mean, you know, you just get to where you just grab it and you put it down. I mean, <laughs> you just don't even bother with it. But there are rats because, you know, you open up coconuts and you drink them. And then, you know, you just, everyone just throws them to the side. Mm-hmm. And so there are all kinds of animals. But there is a guy that is amazing that he's exclusively hired for Survivor. And he's like the snake man. <laughs> And every time we come to a challenge, he is scouring the area for snakes. When we come back to camp, he's always scouring for snakes. And to see some of the snakes that he finds, I mean, they're huge. They're poisonous, and they're right there. But oh my gosh. I think snakes are more afraid of us than yeah. we are of them. Yeah. And so when they see you or feel you, I mean, they're buzzing out of there. I mean, they, right. they, we're so much bigger than they are. But right. you have to get over that. I mean, you do because it's everywhere. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the final question, then we, then we all have to go pick up our kids. But, um, so you've been on the show now twice. So if the producers asked you to come back again, would you? No, I, you know what? I, I, I really, to me, I played a great game. I never jeopardized my integrity. I didn't leave with a million dollars, but my experience was worth more than that. I mean, they paid me $100,000 for second place, which is phenomenal. I won the most individual immunities and I, I'm just, you know, I, I just am nice. And I, I I think you've got to be able to really lie a little bit. I mean, like I said in the final tribal, I knew I would have to mislead and misdirect people, but I would never deliberately, intentionally hurt someone. And they hurt me out there. Um, they made it personal. Um, and I just, I've had a great experience. And don't get me wrong, I love my survivor days, but I think I will give somebody else a chance. I mean, it, it's been awesome. But it's taxing. I mean, I'm 43. I mean, how do I improve? I mean, I would have to win four individual immunities Mm -hmm. and get the women's record. And I would have to win Mm -hmm. and get first place. And there's so much luck. And it really took Brad's move in the beginning of the game. I call second place, both of us, because John was so good and he got rid of him. And Candace was so good and he got rid of her. And Marissa Mm -hmm. was tough. And Rachel would have been Tyson's right hand. And if he wouldn't have made some of those moves, I wouldn't have been in a position to get second place. And so I'm really happy with my station on Survivor. And it's 
it's rugged and it's hard and I just, it's hard on your body. I came back, I had parasites. I had to go through all that medicine. Mm-hmm. I was 98 pounds. Um, you know, I had something with my skin that I had to take a thousand milligrams of Keflex for 60 days. Oh, and it's just, you know, as a mom, you get to where, is it really worth it? Mm-hmm. Sure, um, sure. And, uh, it's it's awesome, and I loved it, and I got to do it with my husband, and that's amazing. But, you know, somebody said to me, if Jeff Probst called tomorrow and said, okay, All-Stars of Season 30, and one of the cold peppers have to come, I don't care which one it is, call me back, it's definitely going to be Brad. I want to <laughs> see his team without having to worry about his wife yeah. instead of him. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll leave it to someone else. But I have to tell you one other secret. Yes. Everybody talks about the buffs. Uh-huh. The secret of the buffs is this. They hide the microphones. Oh. That's why they're always on us. So oh, when you clever. go to a challenge, there's always a buff hidden in a mic. Hidden. Uh, there's always a microphone hidden in a buff. Clever. So they are great sweat towels, and they're great so you can tell who's what tribe. They're hiding the microphone. Very, oh, cle- very clever. Yes. All right. So yes. we give those away. We have 110 percent buffs. They're one of our partners. We give them away. So maybe, maybe we need to start. You know, miking ourselves up or something, Sarah. Or yeah. Exactly. Up. Oh my gosh. Well, you exactly. Ha- you have been awesome, Maka. This was such fun talking with you. All right, guys. Thanks so much for the fun and for watching and for the interest. And I'm really honored to be um, y'all's friends. I really appreciate it. All righty. Thank you so much. She is just adorable. Oh my gosh. I just, now I want to just punch all those other people on Survivor because she's so bright and, you know, charismatic and personable. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I just feel like I need, I need to go back and watch. I mean, her describing eating that stuff, I mean, I was kind of throwing up in my mouth a little bit. Like, I got to say, I'm glad <laughs> I haven't had lunch yet because we might not be uh, talking right now. I know, but just her descriptions, that was, that was amazing. And I love, I, have always, I've always, we've been watching Survivor since season two, and I'm always like, oh, I need Glamour magazine to like do an article about like why don't those women have underarm hair and what happens when they have their period? And she answered all the questions. Oh, we didn't even have to ask. Like oh. I love that we're just on the same. Like she's you know talking about sharing mother runner values. That is one of them. Yes. How do you deal with your bodily functions when you don't have the same routine that you normally have? I feel bad though. I mean, I have to say, you know, camping like camping with an air mattress, I still can't sleep. I can't imagine trying to sleep for 30 some mm-hmm. days on a row, uh, yeah. you know, on sand. And she got, no she got super bony. She a, was, she's a small person. We sent her one of our small, I am stronger than I thought tees. And it, yeah. it was, um, you know, none too small on her. And um, She could have belted it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So she, it must've been quite uncomfortable sleeping. So, Oh, my goodness. So anyway, so, well, if you feel like chatting with us more, you can head on over to our Facebook page, which is Run Like a Mother, the book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. On Twitter and Instagram, we are The Mother Runner. Our books, Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother, are both available on Amazon as well as our own site. And many happy miles, but no mealworms for you. (laughs) 